According to Merriam-Webster, time dilation is a slowing of time in accordance with the theory of relativity that occurs in a system in motion relative to an outside observer. Well, that's a mouthful of physics, I know. But I, but I think we're all living in a state reflected by this right now. While we've been sitting at home, doing our work as best we can, and trying to stay away from the illness, a year has passed. And while we've all moved through time together at the same pace, the feeling of our lives has dramatically slowed down due to a lack of real outside activity. We're all looking to fill the gaps and make time feel more in sync with personal accomplishments, our own relief valves to show the passage of time. I started a podcast in what was May of 2020, although depending on the day, it was either last week or a thousand years ago. In August, after building up a little bit of an inventory of the podcast, I released my first episode that was recorded with my old friend W. Curtis Preston. We're both technology guys with a serious drive to learn about all kinds of things and to get up in front of a crowd and tell stories. He taught me how to do this podcasting thing from a technical perspective, right? He taught me the tools to use and how to edit it. And just watching him do his own podcast every week, uh, I learned a lot about how I thought this should work. And I figured... It's been almost a year. It's time to check in on him and see what he's been doing to fill the time dilation in his life. W. Curtis Preston is a specialist in computer storage, backup, and recovery, and has been a consultant and an analyst in the industry for many years. He's the author of three O'Reilly books, with a fourth, Modern Data Protection, being released in May. Currently, the chief technical evangelist at Druva, a cloud-based data protection company, you can also find his works in publications like Network World and in the Restore It All podcast from his website, Backup Central. My guest this week is a revisit with my friend W. Curtis Preston. He's the chief technical evangelist for Druva, a cloud-based disaster recovery and backup company. Um, Curtis, welcome back to the Relief hey, podcast. Anytime. I have literally so nothing else to do. <laughs> So for those of you who may be following us or um, may have gone back to the beginning, Curtis is the origin story for this podcast. He um, not only was he my first interview back uh, towards the end of the summer of the dreaded 2020, but um, he taught me all about the different technologies that I needed to learn in order to be able to do what we're doing. So um, how have things been going since the last time we uh, talked on the podcast, Curtis? <laughs> Literally, nothing's happened. I mean, nothing's happened <laughs> in the last <laughs> six to eight months. <laughs> uh, how's work? How's work been? Work is, work is you know... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I say this with like crossed fingers and knocking on wood or what work has been really good. Uh, both my, my job, uh, I enjoy my job, which is, you know, I, I, I evangelize, I, I think more the way we do things than, than the actual product. Like I'm not, I'm not in sales. Uh, I'm more sort of thought leadership and 
talking to influencers and 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 explaining why it's important to back up SaaS or why it's important to to you know what the value of using cloud as a target because it protects right. your your backups from ransomware and things like that. Um, but I think the coolest thing work-wise is that they gave me carte blanche to spend the time I needed to do to, to write my next book, which I know you know about because you participated, you actually wrote, you wrote a chapter for me. I did. And, uh, by the way, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. It was, uh, it was fun and it gave me a chance to exercise muscles. I don't usually use. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that, and I'm excited that that book is now as of, last, you know, this previous Monday, it's in copy edit. So that means it should be in print by end of May. So super excited called it's modern data protection. So that's going well. The podcast is going well. Um, listenership has gone up every month. So we're talking about the, uh, the restore it all podcast, which fortunately you've got that built in audience, right? And because you've got that built in audience, you're drawing more people in to record with you and you've covered some amazing stuff you've had. What's the doctor's name that you've had on uh, a couple of times to talk about the state of the pandemic? Dr. Lindsay Schultz. She is uh, an MDA, or sorry, she's an MD and MPH, so master's in public health. So she's she's both a doctor and, you know, and she's got this, she specializes in what's called harms reduction, which is helping governments make decisions on public policy based on the positive or negative effect those policies would have on health, which in a pandemic, she's been really busy. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. And the information that she was able to convey for your audience was spectacular. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I thought we were going to have one podcast. Uh, we ended up the one recording I did with her. I think we turned into like four podcasts because yeah. it was so good and, yeah. and it took so long. Uh, and then yeah. we've had her back for some follow-ons. Yeah, and, and the thing is, we you know we're not. That's not our the purpose of our podcast. Our podcast is about right. backup and restore and DR and security. And uh, but it just didn't seem right when you know, when the, yeah. everything fell apart to just start go talking about backups, like nothing was happening. So, yeah. so we, so we did that. And, and it's, it's been great. I, you know, I listen to you every week and um, being able to get that kind of information and the other interesting things that are going on that, that you record on, you're very good at it. So uh, keep up, Thank you. keep it up. Um, this podcast is called relief valve and the goal of what it was about in the beginning was finding things to help uh, break the stress and the pressure and finding a creative outlet to get through the pandemic and um, the problem of sitting around at home. Um, yeah. You have been doing some fascinating uh, projects uh, to help you fill that. Um, work, work is good, and that's terrific. Talk about yeah. your, your many, many diverse and interesting projects that you've been working on in your spare time. Yeah, it's funny the. The, the, there's a running joke down. So I, I live in North County, San Diego. My fam, my wife's family lives in South County, San Diego. And so we, we got to see them pretty regular before the pandemic, obviously much less regularly now. The, but the run, there's a running joke in the family, which is uh, what's Curtis up to now? Um, <laughs> because they've known me now for 30 something years. And I, I've always sort of had something going on that was like a new hobby, but yeah. you know, and, and over the years, those things have included things like brewing beer or, um, you know, I, I tried my hand at guitar for a while, but the pandemic, uh, I think sort of put that into, um, like a turbo mode. Right. So I've, I've done a whole bunch of things, uh, everything from, uh, a number of home improvement projects, uh, yeah. one of which is actually 
going on right now. This one, this is a rare for me. Some, I've hired someone else to do some work outside. Um, <laughs> normally I'm a real do it yourself kind of person. Uh, but the, the, there's a fence replacement going on literally right outside the window. Um, okay. I've picked Spanish back up again. And so let's see what else. Um, oh, how are you, the, how are you learning? How are you learning Spanish? Are you using one of these online things? Well, yeah, it's definitely online. No, Jeff, I'm going to a physical uh, in-person No, I didn't mean it that way. Are you reading a book? Are you listening to a tape? No, I, so I've tried. I, so I, so I took Spanish in high school and for, for a, you know, clearly gringo that doesn't get a chance to use the Spanish much. I've, I've retained quite a bit of that. But I, I don't get to use it, and and I've also I've lost more than I've retained, and so I've tried a few things throughout the years. The thing that I'm trying right now is called Fluence, like it's like fluent but with a Z, and okay. it it's not cheap, but it has what I needed, which there's a lot of listening. That's where I really uh, am the worst at my Spanish is uh, escuchando, right, listening, and okay. so. This program, it ha- it starts out with, it's always introduced. There's a, 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 a young lady who is actually the founder of the company and I'm guessing speaks all the languages that they support. She's a, she's a Latina from, I think, Argentina. Um, and she comes on, sort of introduces the thing. And then there's this conversation between two people that you listen to. And then she comes on and just, you know, sort of goes through that conversation to the new vocabulary and grammar that you picked up in that conversation. And then there's this, okay. there's these series of exercises that you do where they either say something and you type it, or they ask you something and you have to connect phrases, you know, where you'd say they'll have a phrase written in Spanish and you drag it over in English and, and vice versa. Um, okay. And, um, and then there's even a place where you record your voice and then it doesn't like, I thought, I actually thought it was going to do like AI and like do digital voice processing, and then tell me how good I was, but it, it, it's not, that's not there yet. Um, she said, there's too many, they talked about it in, in the facts somewhere. There's, there's too many uh, variations in Spanish for that to work at least at this point, but you can sure. listen to yourself speak, play it back and then compare it to what it's supposed to sound like. And you could do that. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and I'm up to like lesson 16 on level one. Uh, so last night, I was um, learning the sentence, uh, necesito uh, comprar una computadora nuevo porque mi computadora es muy viejo. I need to buy a new computer because my computer is old. Um, and uh, <laughs> so that's what I was working on last night. Uh, and I, I like that because it gives me something, you know, just like you said, it's that, that relief yeah. valve thing. It, it gives me yeah. something to focus on that isn't, um, that isn't work. My, my only downside to the fact that it's online is yeah. that I'm sitting, like I'm talking to you on the same computer I work on. Um, mm-hmm. When I want to do something truly, you know, relief valve wise, I, I, I want to get away from this thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's my yeah. only downside to the fact that it's, um, but they do have podcasts. They have a, they have a, a number of resources that I can use while I'm out and about. Um, okay. And so, so that helps, but that's, that's been uh, Spanish. Okay, um, has been one Spanish. That's good. Um, yeah. Beer making has not been part of the pandemic experience, right? You finished beer making. No, a while I, ago. yeah, I, I, 
so what I, I so I took beer making oh. and I turned it into meat aging. Um, yes, I, I was. I, no, it's it's okay. You know, fermentation yeah. in in many different ways, right? I had a friend once yeah, who so, told me that all the best things in life are made of dead things that we age for a long time and let rot, and then they wind up producing the best uh, the best experiences for us. And being a cigar yeah, that smoker, is, I can vouch yeah, for that. Yeah, but I go ahead. Yeah, talk. so I well the the beer making. So basically, I I. I enjoy making the beer. I enjoy drinking the beer I make. The people that uh, the people seem to like the beer I make. It's just that my ability to make beer seems to outpace my ability to drink beer, um, <laughs> and or at least my my desire. Like I don't want to drink that much beer, right? Because uh, when uh-huh. you when you make a batch of beer, it's fifty bottles, right? That's not that's a lot okay. of beer, um, and so you can't do that very often. And you know, without having a garage full of beer, and I'm waiting for that supply to to go to almost nothing, which is, it's getting there. So I, I got this idea to build my own meat aging. Um, so dried meats, not, not dried meats, like, like, um, like cured meats, but like when you go to a steak place and you get this, this thing has been dry aged for, for 35 days or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to to do that, you, you need an environment where you can control both the humidity and the temperature. And so I had, my fermentation chamber, AKA old fridge, um, (laughs) that had a temperature control device where you have a temperature probe in there and you plug the fridge into that, you set the temperature control device to the precise temperature you want the fridge at. And then when it senses that it's below that or above that, it turns the fridge on for just long enough to bring it down to that number. And when you're doing beer, there are actually some some beers that you have a very precise temperature range. Like it might be two or three degrees that you want to keep it at to get a specific flavor. Yeah. And so if that's the case and you're in a garage in San Diego and it gets cold, it might actually be colder in the garage than what you want it to be. So you actually right. have another, there's another plug on the same device that can be plugged into, uh, you plug it into a ceramic heating element, like what you would put in a, in a snake pit. Okay. And so if it gets too too cold in there, it will turn on that ceramic bulb. I didn't need that with the, with the meat aging, but so, so it does that, but then you need to control the humidity and that turned out to be the real pain in the ass, which ultimately resulted in me deciding to stop the project. I, I, I did it. I did a couple. Yeah. Um, the problem is actually, you don't want the, hu- you want the humidity high, but not too high. You want it above right. 75% but below 85%. And, um, why is that? So what happens is too low and the, the meat, um, the meat degrades too much, right? Like you, you, you get too much meat loss below that. Um, and also you want a certain amount of humidity because you want a certain amount of, basically you want decay going on, right? right? That's what dry aging is, but too much, and you get things growing that you don't want. <laughs> right. You get micro, and so, microbes. So you have to control it in that range. And producing mist is easy. You Again, the, the humidity control, it's exactly the same. It's from the same company. It's like Ink Bird or something. I can't remember. Um, and you, you, you have two plugs. One that you plug into a humidifier. And it yeah. just, you have a dry, his humidi- dry mist humidifier. It comes on. And, uh, but then here's the problem. 
how do you how do you reduce the humidity in an, in an environment? So there's your question. How do you do that? Uh, how would you normally do that? Uh, I would get some kind of, um, uh, you know, the decescent, the powders or whatever, the crystals that absorb so the humidity the, so for the environment. It, it's interesting that you say that. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So I, my answer would be I would get a dehumidifier. Yeah, right? okay. So there's a humidifier yeah. and a dehumidifier. Yeah. The problem with dehumidifiers is they work by being colder than the air around it, which creates condensation and sucks water out. They yeah. don't work in 39 degrees, which is where, <laughs> where uh, yeah, the okay. temperature that I keep in the fridge at. That, so that I, makes sense. So I, yeah. had to, so I had to resort to desiccant, right? Okay. Um, the problem with desiccant is that it runs all the time. So you're yeah. now at a constant battle between the humidifier <laughs> and the desiccant. So I yeah. created this box, this plastic, like well, I, I bought a plastic yeah. storage bin. I put yeah. desiccant in the bottom and I put a fan on the top. And then that fan would get turned on when I needed to dehumidify. And so it would blow air through the desiccant, which would then dehumidify. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was cool. It was cool and it was fun, but like literally constantly, I, I had this app on my phone that ma- monitored the temperature and the humidity of, of this thing. And if I get it wrong, you know, things grow or, or I lose yeah. I'm, yeah. The, the meat that I'm putting in there. I'm buying, you have to buy sub subprime cuts. So I'm buying like $200 pieces of meat <laughs> to put in this fridge and yeah. It's like holy shit! Like, what if I, get, you know what I mean? So uh, nobody ever end, said hobbies like, were cheap, dude. <laughs> dude, yeah. Well, it's just yeah, like the, 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 there was way I too much you. stress, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and so that I think, I think, well, and also my fridge died. So I, oh, I bought, okay. I bought a second. It was a cheap fridge from Craigslist. So yeah. I decided to buy a second cheap fridge from Craigslist. I bought that okay. fridge. I plugged it in, and it tripped my GFCI. Uh, so okay. something's wrong with the second cheap fridge I bought. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. So boom, I'm out. I'm out of the dry. <laughs> I'm out of the dry aging well, business. Did, did you get a product out of it during your experimentation Absolutely. that made you happy? I, I got, I got both a, so I did a full, what, what you bought, what you get ribeyes from, whatever the cut yeah. of meat that is. Yeah. It's like the rib roast or whatever. So mm-hmm. I got, a hundred percent dry age for 30 days, um, a, a rib roast. So now I have a bunch of two inch thick dry aged ribeyes. They are amazing when I cook them. I did the okay. same thing with a, with again, the same, um, the thing you, uh, you get New York strips from. So I have a bunch of New York strips. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I also have, I did two dry aged, um, uh, briskets. And okay. honestly, those were the juiciest briskets I've ever made. And um, uh, yeah, I feel sorry that, that you never got a piece of those. But uh, you know. no, wait, well, you did. Uh, no, that's no, right. you didn't get the brisket. You got the ribeye or the no, you uh, made, prime rib. No, you made brisket. Did I make brisket? Why did you I think brisket. that you had prime rib? No, we had brisket. That we okay. came. So, in uh, full disclosure. Um, I went to attend Curtis's family birthday party down in San Diego, uh, which was done uh, safely, socially distanced uh, out on yes, the Yes, we uh, did. We did it outdoors. Patio. We did it socially distanced. You know, everybody yeah. wore masks and all the thing. Yeah. And it was very, very nice that you invited us because I haven't really been out of my house and seen other human beings <laughs> um, pretty much in more than a year, right? Because um, yeah. 
I stopped socializing on a regular basis when my job ended uh, yeah. back in uh, November of 2019. So it's, it yeah. was great yeah. to get out and to see people. Um, and I Okay. I it think... was good no matter what. Because yeah. one of the other things that you do, uh, which yes. may not be purely a COVID hobby, or maybe it was, I don't know, is the smoker. The you smoking. want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not a COVID, like, like it didn't happen during COVID. I've been doing it now for about three years, I think. And that okay. is, I have, I have a, I have two smokers. Uh, I have the one that I started with. Well, I have another one that was crap and I threw it away, but then I have the one that I really started with, which was called a pit barrel cooker. And it's a 35 gallon drum smoker. Um, okay. I highly recommend it for new, for new people that are getting into actual smoking meat. Um, it's 300 bucks to your door. And, okay. um, there's that one, but then I bought this, uh, ba uh, backwoods is the name of the company, uh, backwoods. It's a, it's a, what's called a reverse flow smoker. If you don't know what you're looking at and you looked at it, you would think it looks like a safe, right? Okay. It's just like, you know, rectangular yeah. black unit. It's a firebox on the bottom cooking, cooking chamber on the top. Okay. And it can hold, um, two big briskets, um, and a few other small items all in one time, most of the time I'm only cooking one thing though. Um, yeah. and it, and I have, and here's where the nerd comes in. I have, um, I have a, uh, a thing called a fire, it's called firebox and it's, it's a precise temperature control for that smoker. So there's a fan that goes okay. on the, um, on the, um, what do you call that? What do you call it? Where the air goes in? Why do I, why am I the, the damper? The okay. You close the dampers and you put this fan on the damper and then you have a temperature probe, you know, and you fill it with fuel and then you set the, this temperature thing to, um, to what you want. And what happens is when the temperature goes down a little bit, it turns the fan on, blows air on Which, the, on the, um, the coals, you know, on the coals and, and then brings it back yeah. up to temp. Um, okay. yeah. And then it also has meat probes, temperature probes, and all of that's yeah. connected to my phone via, uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi. Uh, so I can be, not only can I monitor the temperature of every piece of meat in my smoker, like <laughs> when I'm at the grocery store, yeah. I can actually, while I'm on the road, change the temper temperature of my smoker. Well, wow. that's, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got into the entire meat smoking hobby, um, to make brisket for my wife. Um, she's such a fan of, I was not a fan of brisket for, for, for me because all the brisket I had had elsewhere was like dry. And, yeah. and, yeah. and, and brisket, as you know, brisket is well done. I, I'm not a well done kind of person. Um, and, and I researched and everybody's like, listen, if you're going to do brisket, you got to do it right. You got to, you know, it takes a while to get up to that. And, um, and so I learned how to use my smoker using the closest thing to a brisket, uh, cooking wise, which is, um, a pork butt, right. Or a pork, okay. pork shoulder. Yeah. And yeah. cause it, it cooks very much like a brisket at similar cooking time. And, um, the, um, and just like a brisket, you cook it to feel, not to temp. Um, right. and then, yeah. And it was funny a, a couple months ago, I was talking to a, a good buddy of mine and he was following me into this hobby and he got his new smoker and he wants to do a brisket. And I said, dude, like that's a 10 on the difficulty scale. Don't do a brisket <laughs> beginning. Like you're going to, you're going to ruin your brisket. Do it do something simple like a pork butt. It's much more forgiving. And he looked at me and he's like, Curtis, pork is not going on my smoker. 
and then ah, I realized yes. he okay. he's a observant Jew, and I was, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> but he did his brisky. Yeah. He said it came out okay. So cool. All right. Yeah. Um, what other interesting things, my friend, have been going on in your life? <sighs> Home improvement projects. Let's see. I have replaced my front yard with, um, I, you know, I have a typical California yard. It's 500 square feet. Yeah. Right? Um, and I replaced it with artificial uh, grass. I built planter boxes in my backyard. I built a shed. I, I built a custom shed to go over my pool pump and also act as a backyard thing. Um, yeah. for my stuff. And then also I've gotten into woodworking, like actual building things, um, with power actual, tools, like power tools, way too many power tools. Um, yeah. okay. I, I didn't learn my lesson of the fact that I've, I've injured myself with power tools, uh, not once, but three times, um, that required <laughs> surgery or visits to the ER. <laughs> yeah. Not um, good. Not, not good yeah. stuff. Uh, but I, I, none of that's happened in the last like 20 years. So I, right. I th- you're, you're older I've, and wiser now. It makes it older makes and sense. wiser and missing a few parts, but, um, <laughs> you know, missing the end of my left middle finger, which by the way, is why I had such difficulty with the guitar. Um, uh, yeah. You, okay. Yeah. Have you, have you played guitar ever? Have you ever tried? Yeah. No, I play all the time. I have. Oh, okay. I so own, you know how important three guitars. Yeah. Okay. So you know how important the middle finger is to make chords. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really think about how important it is until, until you don't have one. And, so, so yeah. I mean, your fingers, your, you didn't lose like the upper third of your finger. You just, you got part I of lost the, the tip right? of it. And so right. my middle finger on my left hand, it's basically skin and nerves. Okay. So if I push down on the end of it, it hurts. It hurts. Got it. So I, I can't put pressure on it to do a chord. And so okay. The guitar behind me is a left-handed guitar. So okay. I I was trying and and I I got the chords down, right? I, yeah. Not all the chords, but yeah. the basic chords, the, right? The, the three you need to be a rock star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> and I even had I had a cheater is is it F chord? There's one chord yeah. that's like really hard and I but yeah. I had like a cheater version of it or whatever. The yeah. problem that I didn't anticipate was the was the strumming. And and, and again, for those who have never done a guitar with their non-dominant hand, your yeah. strumming is a very, uh, what do you call it? It's a coordination thing. And yeah. um, my left hand is not very coordinated because yeah. I'm a right-handed I, person. That's my, I have the, I have the same kinds of issues is why I was never able to play like piano. Because I cannot make my two yeah. hands do different things at the, at different times or at the same time. Yeah. Um, um and, so why and, you did know, so you went? Uh, let me interrupt for a second. So you went left-handed yeah. on the guitar because of your injury on your fingers, yes. so that you could fretboard yes. better. Got it. Okay. Yes. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because my right my right hand. I, I I have an injury. Oddly enough, also a power tool injury <laughs> on my middle finger on my right hand, but it's not it's not on the tip. It's on the side, so okay. I, it, I don't have the same problem. So I was okay. able to form the chords no problem with my right hand. And I was able to strum, but not very good. Like I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I could, yeah. It, I, yeah. And so I, I got yeah. very frustrated at not being good at it. Um, and, and I, 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 I haven't said I quit, but I definitely, I haven't done no, it. No, I get it. You know, in a it's, while. it's, well, it's like me with guitar. I, I like to play, probably didn't like enough to um, practice as much as I would need to, to be really good at it. 
um, and will never play in public because I don't feel like I'm good enough to do that. But interesting story that you've got the left-hand <clears throat> guitar. You actually bought a left-handed guitar, so it's properly the bridges yes. changed and everything is proper, right? Yes. So my daughter, yes. Allison, who's studying music, who's learning guitar as well yeah. this year, is a lefty. And she's forced to learn uh -huh. right-handed because, because you, that's because what she's you have. Teach. No, it's because she's going to teach, and if she's going to teach oh. others, she has to be able to teach it in the dominant uh, hand, which is right-handed. Um, oh, we took her, gotcha. Right, yeah. So, so Jason took guitar that. for a while uh, as a kid, who's my mm -hmm. son, until he got bored, and then the guitar sat idle for a long time, and I gave it to Allison, and. I tried mm -hmm. doing just a basic restringing of it in reverse, but that's not really yeah. the way it works, right? There are components on right, the guitar right. itself that have to be swapped. And I figured if she got into it, we could talk about having the either having the guitar converted or buying mm -hmm. a new one. It's not exactly yeah. a really expensive guitar to start with. And she hadn't really taken a strong interest in it. Um, but now, of course, she's interested in everything. So the guitar teachers yeah. had said to her, no, you'll, you'll learn how to play um, with your right dominant, with right dominant, because that's how the world plays. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. interesting. Yeah. I, 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 so what I bought was a <clears throat> super cheap guitar. Like mm -hmm. it was like 150 bucks or something. Right. And, yeah. um, I, what I wanted, I got, when I, when I was at my best, I started shopping for a nicer guitar and I have, I have a hookup at Taylor guitar. So okay. I can actually, I can get Taylor guitars at half off. <laughs> nice. So nice. I was really, I was really, you know, I really wanted yeah. to be good enough to justify spending like, let's say, you know, 900 bucks on a Taylor guitar, which was actually an $1,800 Taylor guitar. And I never, I never got to that point, but yeah, uh, I haven't, like I said, I haven't given up. I, that's why it's sitting yeah. right, right. Yeah. No, there. I got it. It's right there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, um, I get it. yeah, but, totally but honestly, it. the things I like the best are things that are easy and they're with my hands. So like they're manual, basically manual labor. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like learning Spanish. That's good. And it's good for me. I, you know, I'm 55 now. I need to like do brain things. Right. That's good for me. Yeah. Learning guitar is it's again, it's learning a new skill. Good for me. But yeah, my true like relief valve stuff is like when I go out and I'm, I'm an organic gardener. And because I'm an organic gardener, I also compost. And because I compost, I also have worms, right? I have a, I have a worm farm, right? Yeah. Um, and I love that stuff because it's, <clears throat> I'm not going to suggest in any way that this it's, it's not brain stuff because there's a lot of brain stuff that goes into no, it. No, it's, yeah. But, but it's, it's much more, a it's a, it's a hand thing, right? And yeah. when I'm there, yeah. when I've got my hands in the soil when i'm um in my house uh we refer to the worms as my friends <laughs> they say they say like they say um uh, they'll, they'll like Celine, Celine, my wife will say like um do you think your friends will like this and i literally for a second i forget what the hell she's talking about and they're like oh yeah 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 my friends my friends will like that very much you know she'll like she'll hold up a banana peel do you think your friends will like this I'm like yes my friends will very much like that banana peel um, when I'm down there and I, and I'm, I'm turning over the compost, the, 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 the worm castings to see yeah. how the, the worms are doing, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the zone. Like I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not thinking about yeah. the problems of the world. I'm thinking about my friends, the worms and, 
How are they doing? Yeah. Interestingly enough, that temperature mod, the Bluetooth temperature monitor that I was using for my um for my meat aging yeah. experiment, yeah. it is now in my worm house. Okay. So I built a little house, like it's like four foot tall and eighteen inches wide, and it has three of these uh like rubber bins, you know, like yeah, I don't know what tote. They're like totes, right? And each yeah, of those is sure. a is a worm worm colony. And um the one concern I had when I moved it outdoors is that they they don't do well under certain degrees. So I put that monitor there and and uh they've been they've been fine. So when I was down at your house, you had them in the garage. Is that just yes. a time of year kind of thing? So you move them out. No, that was a, that was version one. I I took those same Ah, totes and then I built this little house. Uh, I I decided I wanted, I wanted them out of my garage. Basically they were growing to the point that I wanted them out of my garage. And, uh, but I knew that if I put them just directly outdoors, they'd get rained on uh, because there's whole, there's air holes. And for those that don't know anything about worms, they would drown. Um, People don't understand that, but. Uh, worms are not worms breathe through their skin. And so if there's too much, it, uh, when you're doing worm farming, the number one thing you're doing is maintaining a, a particular moisture level. Yeah. And you do not want something else contributing to that because it, it screws everything, it screws off the equilibrium of the farm. So, so I had to build a little okay. house for them, but, um, okay. So basically a little mini shed that the, that the worms <laughs> go in. You know what? One of the things I love about you is when you take on anything, no matter what it is, you take it on, uh-huh. right? You go, you I go take it way on, man. Deep. You do. You go way down deep down the rabbit hole. And, I mean, who, and, who um, else is going to build a, a house for their worms? Um, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. But I, I appreciate that because I'm the kind of person that does the same thing. When I find something, I, I learn mm-hmm. everything I can about it, right? Um, yeah. I just don't do it. That's what YouTube is for, man. Right? <clears throat> YouTube is pretty remarkable. Yeah. When uh when the um when the roof on my car had broken a couple of couple of years back, I decided that I was gonna fix that myself. And at first yeah. I thought it was a cable and a piece on the cable had snapped, and I thought I'd get some epoxy and I would glue it back together and that would solve the problem, right? And so I went to YouTube, YouTube told me how to take the roof, the, the soft part of the roof off and get to the cable and do all of that stuff. And of course the epoxy didn't work. So I went out and bought the replacement parts, the cables, and it taught me how to put everything back together again. And I got it to work. I got it finished. It wasn't a hundred percent perfect, but you know, it works. The car top can close and it'll keep me from getting rained on when I'm driving in it. Um, And then afterwards found out that, Oh, by the way, this is one of the most complicated projects you could pick on your car. And I'm thinking (laughs) I'm not a mechanic. So my, you yeah. see, my problem is I don't own any real tools, right? I own yeah. a vice grip and I own a couple of wrenches <laughs> and screwdrivers um, and a uh, and a, um, an electric dr- uh, drill that I use as an electric screwdriver. And that's it. Yeah. So that's there's funny. very little useful things you can do in your life if you don't have the right tools. It's why yeah. I've given up on even yeah. trying plumbing, right? Because plumbing is one of those things that no matter what, I get wrong. Yeah, I can do electrical. Plumbing, um, plumbing is one of the things I outsource for sure. Yeah, yeah. Every time I try to do something with the plumbing, somewhere towards three quarters of the job in, we call the plumber to come out and finish it. That's just the way it goes. So we don't. And, so we don't try anymore. It, you know, it's funny. It's funny that I say that. So I, when I was saying plumbing is one of the things that I outsource. Having said that, yeah. Another project I have 
is, uh, is I built <laughs> I built a whole house water filtration system, not a water softener system, but a multi-stage water filtration system that okay. will very soon get hooked into my main water supply line. And I was going to hire a plumber to do that final hookup. Basically, you yeah. just chop the main supply line and do the hookup. And she showed up uh, and she's like, why don't you just use shark bite fittings? And I'm like, well, because I thought that like I wanted to do it like the more proper way. She's like, shark bite will be fine. You don't need to pay me. She's like, clearly, you know what you're doing. She's like, you don't need to pay me a couple hundred bucks just to do the thing and the thing. She's like, just so. I, so I've been following the YouTube videos on how the shark bite fittings do and you know, how to do them wrong because there's a lot of people <laughs> that do them wrong. So yeah. I will I will be doing not just plumbing, but I will be chopping the main water supply of my house. Yep. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. That's why we hire experts, right? We replaced, um, long time ago, we replaced, uh, the French door, the sliding doors in the back of my house with French doors. And yeah. this was clearly something I could do myself because, you know, as all comes preassembled, you just have to, uh, fit it, put the shims in, get it right, seal it in, get all that good yeah. stuff. Right. I knew I could do it myself. But then I, I sit down and I have that moment where I say, but if something goes wrong, you have a big hole in the back of your house. <laughs> and, and that's when I call the handyman to come out and do the work for me. And, and that's just unfortunately the way my brain tends to operate. I look at it and go, I know I can do this, but if it doesn't go right, I am so screwed that I'm just not going to go to the trouble. No, yeah, I, I can. Well, you know that that now this isn't this isn't pandemic related, but just before the pandemic, you you know that I also decided to put on my own solar on my house. Uh, yes, that's true. You did right. Yeah, yep. and that that was the same kind of deal where I was like, it doesn't look like rocket science, but if I screw this up, I you know I'm putting holes in my roof, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd be more worried. I would have been more worried less about the holes in the roof than the actual wiring it into the electrical grid. Oddly enough, that part was, uh, I was not worried about that at all because I had electrical training from the Navy. Um, okay. and so that, that part was the easy part to me. Uh, what worried me was <laughs> the first time. So I have a two story house. The yeah. first time I went up there and I had a real like, holy shit moment. Right. I was just like, I'm 35 feet in the air. <laughs> and yeah. um, especially the, the there were a few trips that I had to go. So you put a you put a thing up there so you can hook in, you know, you you, you, yeah. you put on a brace and you. Right? Yeah. Well, but it, that takes a couple trips without a brace. Right. So you're 35 feet in the air taking tiles off your roof to nail yeah. something into your house so that you potentially don't fall. Yeah, that was at moments absolutely terrifying. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll bet. And, yeah. In fact, the one time th there was one where I, I had to do something on the side of the house, like put put a little screw thing, uh, soffit to, to yeah. the side of the house. Yeah. And I had to do it right at the peak of the roof. I had my belt on. I was, yeah. you know, whatever. I was laying flat on the roof. I was in zero danger of falling. And if I did fall, I'd have the, I, I would roll down my roof and the belt would grab me. Yeah. I, I was yeah. as safe as I could possibly be 35 feet in the air. And right. as I leaned over the side of the roof, I, my heart was pumping. You know what I mean? The adrenaline yeah. kicked in because you know, it's, it's fight or flight. 
But yeah, that's that. I'm afraid of, I. That's my fear of heights. Is like that, right? And where it became irrational was like I'd get on a swing as a kid, and mm-hmm. you know my uncle would like to push me really hard because he thought that was funny, and I'd go a little <laughs> too high and it would scare the hell out of me. Right. That yeah. that was the irrational part. But I'm the same way. I won't go up on my roof because for me, I have to put a ladder on the porch in the front of the house on the upper level uh-huh. because uh-huh. there's no access to the roof. It's flat. We're tall and skinny right. and climb yeah. a ladder on the outside to go up over the top to get on the roof. Once I'm on the roof, I'm fine. But getting right. up there is just and getting back down again is just, nope, I'll fall. I'll fall. I'll bounce. When I hit yeah, the porch the, on the way down, the, and then I'll bounce. The running, off and land on the-, the running joke was that it, you know, it, if I fall and die while doing the solar, it really messes with the ROI of the project. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, well, I mean, there's yeah. the insurance payout that goes along with it, though. That kind of yeah changes the math, but that's yeah, exactly. Uh, and by the way, in the end, I did end up calling the guy. I, I basically, it wasn't that I couldn't do it but i couldn't i couldn't do it by myself solar panels are big and bulky and it turns out that sort of wielding those panels with one person it just that that was a fantasy and i don't know how i never saw that before beginning the project but okay say lobby but i like i I just the summary statement to go back to the original question summary statement is stuff with my hands yeah right things that i can do and and i watch way too much tv that's my other thing i watch way too much that's my true like if i just want to unwind and veg i go and i turn on the tv and i watch some either some really good series or movie that i know that i like from the past or i binge watch something new and sometimes you get some great stuff Uh, i just watched the undoing on hbo which i thought was an amazing short series of five shows Um, everybody at the top of their form, you got Hugh Grant, you got, what's your name? Um, Nicole Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Yeah. And then the little boy, he's, I don't know if you saw, did you see wonder? Yes. With, yeah. yeah, So the best friend of the main boy in wonder, Jack, what was his name? Jack, Jack wall or Jack well in the movie, uh, something like that. The best friend of the kid with the disfigurement in that movie plays the son of Hugh Grant in this movie. Uh, and okay. he was also really great. So I, I, I enjoy that. Well, I like you, I, I, you know, I have that real love for the entertainment industry. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. um, I love to be transported, you know, to another place. And it's funny. I, I can enjoy a movie or a show that I've seen many times, almost yeah. as much as seeing one that's brand new. Oh yeah. You know no, what I mean? Uh, there are certain, yeah, there are certain things I, you can go back to, over and over and over again. I attribute a lot of that, especially when it's a TV series, uh-huh. to the way the character development goes and whether or not you become attached to the people, right? Because I look yes. at the characters in a show as almost like family members uh, yeah. over time. And yeah, you go to visit with them every week. The show doesn't even have to be that spectacular mm-hmm. for you to still want to watch the show over and over again because you have that love for the people you have that love for the characters. Right. Um, and I, and I get that all the time. Um, but it's really what, what's funny about it is that can equally destroy the show, right? If you've got fantastic writing and a spectacular, uh, production values and a great story going and you don't like the characters, Mm -hmm. 
you can't go back, right? It's like, I don't want to, I don't care about this person anymore. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, my wife and I watched a movie. I, it, for me, it was the second time, but for her, it was the first time. I really wanted her to watch it with me. This movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot. Have you seen this or? Uh, no, I haven't yet. So I don't know the name of the of the female lead, but the premise is that she is a professional uh, guardian. So this is the um, kind of person. Didn't she just win the, didn't she win the Golden Globe? Last week, she for it? might have. Um, no, keep, keep talking. And then the home. yeah, so so cool. she she's a professional guardian who is taking advantage of her wards. Um, yeah. And then the other lead in the show is uh, Tyrion Lannister. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember his name in real life. Uh, okay. The little person from the little from, person. Well, I don't know. What's the current? What is the current? politically correct term for a a diminutive uh, person i don't know uh i have no idea i thought yeah. that was the current term well whatever the appropriate term is um what's his name he's like he's the biggest he's the biggest little person in the business right now the guy from game of thrones the guy who was on game of thrones yeah yeah right I because you're asking me specifically i can't remember um, it'll all come up i, I would just say they are amazing in that in that movie and yeah. what's interesting about it's just we go back to you know if you care about the characters they are both despicable people the that characters that they play but yeah. but i but i can identify with them at, at different stages in the movie uh, you know what i mean oh i know absolutely the, the the despicable part doesn't matter one of the best bad guys in the history of all bad guys is alan rickman in uh, in die hard because oh, yeah. he is He's a thoroughly despicable man. Everything about him is is terrible, yeah. and yet you want to hang with him because he just seems cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love, I love always. I mean, I loved everything he did uh, as an actor, but that one particular performance will always be great for me because he is the epitome of what I. If I were writing a bad guy, he's the bad guy I'd want to write. Yeah. So what was? Yeah. In, in the. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. By the way, Peter Go Dinklage. Ahead. By the way. Thank you, Peter Thank Dinklage. You. So, in the in the course of the past year of spending a lot of time yeah. at home, what was yeah. your favorite thing that you watched? Would you say? Um, gosh, that's. I'm trying to think back to. I'm not sure if I was prepared for that question. I'm just trying to think. I've watched so much. It's what I've what I've found as we've uh, entered the the award season. Right is. Um, time dilation for lack of a better term of the last year has got me kind of confused i pay a lot of attention to animation because of my history and i'm into the es and all that stuff and one of the movies that's getting a lot of nominations this year uh in animation is onward right which was a disney release from what i thought was sometime in 2019 but apparently it would have had to have been in 2020 because it's getting all of these nominations now and that's got me totally confused as far as trying to create any kind of timeline for my life because i would swear to god i saw that movie sometime in 2019 oh right but movies are sort of in this suspended animation state right now that's very uh very confusing anyway so i I, I'm looking over my Netflix series or my Netflix history. Oh, okay. How could I have forgotten? So the show that I discovered 
and binge watched from beginning to end and thoroughly loved every episode of in 2020 would be Schitt's Creek. Ah, okay. I, I had never, I never heard of it. I never yeah. anything and never anything. And then somewhere along the line, somebody said, you have to watch Schitt's Creek. And I, like a lot of people, I watched the first, um, the Three first few episodes, episodes and, and I give up. I, I hate, that was me. I hated I the characters. Up. Yeah, because, um, you know, because they they were just they were such unlikable people. And then my yeah. daughter was like, trust me, just stick with it. They get better and they yeah. do so much get better. And you yeah. truly begin to care for them. And they and you just you just love them from beginning. It's funny because the reason why I say this is I'm I'm looking back and once Shit's Creek shows up in my Netflix history, it's yeah. literally the only thing I watched for, for like a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have to. We I have really to enjoyed back. the. What's that? We have to go back. We we have to go back for Shit's Creek because we started it just like you said, and I got through about the yeah. third or fourth episode and then said, "Yeah, I don't like this. I'm not going to bother." And and the funny part about the show yeah. is you heard nothing about Shit's Creek until its last season, and then all of a sudden it became the most yeah. popular thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, the other show that I, that's in my history that I also really enjoyed both seasons is Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. No, no desire. Uh, which was a sequel to the Karate Kid. It's It's better than you think it is. That's all I will say. It is a continuation and it's, it's, it is, it's the same characters, right? It's, it's Johnny grows up. And what's interesting is, are you aware of the, of the fan, the fan, what what would you call it the the fan theory of that 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 what what Danny so Danny was uh what's his name's character so that Danny was the true bully in the original movie uh, Are you I've aware heard of the this theory, fan theory yeah yeah, I've yeah heard this so theory. basically this takes that theory <laughs> and makes okay. a series out of it basically okay. from the point of view of Johnny, the other guy. And now, now they're both grown up and the other guy decides to pick up with the studio. And you know what? It's like I said, it's way better than, than you think it is, but okay. you know, Hey, to each their, to each their own. But uh, yeah, I'm looking, Oh, the other thing that happened to me in 2020 is I discovered Indian cinema or Bollywood. Oh, and interesting. Yeah. I, watched a ridiculous number of in Hindi with subtitles movies. Some of them have English uh, dubs, but I don't like that. I'd rather, I'd rather hear it in the original. And I okay. was amazed at some of these, uh, some of these movies. Um, what, what drew you into the, it originally? Well, I work for a company that is predominantly Indian from, from a, yeah. right. So I, I'm surrounded at work by a lot of Indians and there was a lot of talk about it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to give a couple of these a try. Yeah. And so I just asked a few of my Indian friends to recommend some movies. And yeah. it's funny. The very first one that I saw, I almost, it's, it's just like with Shit's Creek with you. I watched 20 minutes of it and I said, I'm done. This is, this, I can't, <laughs> this is too hokey. I can't watch it. Yeah. It's and an the absurdity movie was, about The it. movie was called uh, Om Shanti Om. What I didn't know was that the first half of the movie was a essentially a parody of uh, Bollywood films of the 70s. And okay. it was done that way on purpose. They were doing it over the top on purpose. And then okay. the movie uh, changes to the second half. Um, and I will say this: If you don't like musicals, don't watch Bollywood. Like almost. Oh yeah, no. Every every movie has got every movie's got a musical number. <clears throat> everyone. That's part um, of the but there have been some amazing 
like dramas that I've seen, and I suck with titles, but th- there have been some yeah. amazing dramas. What's funny is like the male leads, there's like two guys. It's <laughs> like yeah. every movie. It's yeah. either the one guy or the other guy. Like, And they, okay. they're actually really, really good. Especially given that I'm not the kind of person who likes movies with subtitles necessarily, but uh, yeah. my wife and I have watched them and thoroughly enjoyed them, um, and cried in a few of them. Amazingly enough, some of them are actually huh. quite touching. There's one that's about it's starring the, the guy whose last name is Khan, and he it's a true story about a national wrestling champion who wants to pass on his his uh, legacy to his children, and he's given two girls. And ah, girls don't okay. wrestle in India in that time. And right. uh, it's a true story of him basically bringing wrestling to his daughters. Uh, and it's, and I am a sucker for a father daughter film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Cool. Very cool. For obvious reasons. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, we're talking a long time. So I guess I got to wrap this up at some point because I could sit here and talk to you, you know, all day and all night. Um, yeah, you as well. But, you know me. But, but, I, you know you and yeah. I. We can we can talk about anything. Yeah. So it's a different world than it was last time we did the podcast. Obviously, um, instead yeah. of just coming into the lockdown, we're now actually can see maybe the end of the lockdowns uh, finally starting yeah. to happen. How are you feeling about the next six months? I'm feeling very hopeful. I really yeah. am. Um, and, and I know that there's some states that are doing some things I don't like. Right. I mean, right now we're talking about. You know, there's a few states that are completely lifting all restrictions. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Whatever. I don't live there. Uh, you know, um, at the same time, I don't necessarily agree with every restriction that we have here in California. Um, you know, I, I I think that the the vaccine, I think that people are getting the vaccine. I think that we're trying as hard as we can to get to do it an equitable distribution of vaccine. There's some real challenges there, you know, in the African-American community with the history that they have um, with, with, you know, a combination of access and distrust. Yeah. It kills me that that's, that that's a challenge. Um, And it hasn't been necessarily the most logistically uh, smooth event. Um, Uh, Yeah. And, and I know you've experienced that as well, but at the same Um, time, was it 15%? of the country has been vaccinated at this point. I think that's amazing. Yeah, no, the numbers, the numbers are cranking, you know? right? And they're cranking at a great rate. And um, Biden has managed to properly use uh, things like um, the Defense Act to get yep. more yep. Uh, vaccine. That, and that hopefully... That, 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 what was it? The, the partnership between J&J and Merck? How amazing yeah. is that? Yeah, is that amazing? The competitor right? is going to produce a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, um, and so, yeah. and I, I wish that we could get better at getting people the vaccines and getting them into people's arms. Just get more of the damn vaccine out and stop with this. Yeah. I have to have uh, medical training and all in order to give a shot. I'm a diabetic. I've been shooting insulin for years. Have somebody <laughs> hand know, I hadn't me even thought about that. A, a syringe. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's like for me, they keep talking about, well, you know, my, so my nephew is a uh, EMT. So he's giving vaccines for, mm-hmm. at a clinic, right? As well as doing testing. But right. there's this certification process you have to go to in order to be able to give an injection. And I'm kind of like, you know what? If, if the doctor prepares the, the syringe and hands it to me, I can stick the fucking thing, pardon my language, into somebody's arm <laughs> and push the plunger without causing them yeah. 
to immediately die. You're right. You're not injecting into the vein, and you're not risking embolisms and things like that. You're giving an intramuscular right. shot. And so the idea that right. there has to be a limited number of people who can do it because of training reasons, it's kind of like, you know what? Uh, put up a freaking video on YouTube so that everybody can take their training and then and then figure you know, out I, a way to get more people doing it. You know, with all the things you and I have talked about, I, I haven't heard you say this before. And it's I, I, I don't have enough information to, to disagree with what you're saying. I don't know if there's like, is there a risk that you could put it in a vein? I don't know. Um, and, and what would happen if you did that? I, I, I have zero knowledge, but you know what I've been doing like here in San Diego, I don't know how it is up there, but in San Diego, one of the things on the news is they say how much of the vaccine that San Diego County has been given has been used. And that number yeah. is consistently like 90%. Yeah. And so I'm happy that whatever rate we're doing, it's, it's matching the supply rate. Yeah. Um, if that number starts getting down to, you know, 40, 50%, then I would like really agree with what you're saying. Right. Right now, I think the limit is not the people. It's, I think it's, it's the, um, yeah, it's, it's the, the amount of vaccine available. Yeah. But we're, but we're, we're, we're addressing that. Uh, yes, we are. And, and it's also I, what I'm afraid we're going to start to see when more and more of the vaccine becomes available is our ability to manage the logistics of it. Because I don't know if you've ever tried any of these websites yet about, you know, finding out yes. where it's available and all of that kind of stuff. Yep. The system sucks, man. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. Amazon can process a billion transactions a day and, and, and you can order something at eight o'clock on a Saturday night and have it delivered at your door, you know, at 10 o'clock the next morning. And yeah. we can't get this shit together in a way where we can guarantee you Information of where the shots available, book you, get you in there, get you out really quickly. Right. Hopefully, we'll be able to pull it together well enough so that as all of the vaccine is available by the end of May, which is what the current projection is, yeah. we can all have our shots done by, say, the middle of June. Right. And, you know, and this is even, you know, as much as I was, I, I am, was not, am not, never will be a fan of Trump. Um, and I, and I, I, I blamed a lot of stuff on Trump. Um, this has nothing to do with Trump. This no, this has nothing we to do as with San Diego. We as San Diego knew this vaccine was coming. Yeah, we had months yeah. to sort this yeah. out. This and is why, why don't why is there not a statewide system? Why is there not even a countywide system? A lot, a for, lot of I, I this don't you know? You know, a lot of this. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, a lot of this in my mind is about, and I, I'm not trying to sound like a communist for anybody out there as I say this, <laughs> but a lot of this is about like capitalism and the way capitalism functions in our society. Nobody was volunteering to stand up and put these systems together and get, you know what I mean? Logistically, um, but this, if, but that's the whole, but that's the whole point of government, you know, like government I, I should have said you. months ago, let's do something. I, I, I agree with you, but government then turns around and goes okay folks we need money because i've got to pay for the hardware and i've got to pay for the, mm. the the software writers and i have to pay for the administrators and then they look up at congress and now you can blame it on trump because trump helped create the state of the congress we were in where it was kind of like oh mm. well yeah. you know why should i give you money because if i give you money then i won't have that money for myself anymore and and i want that money for myself so i can't give it to you and we wind up in this mess, yeah. right? And for me, I know it's yeah. charity and you can't force charity, but wouldn't it have been wonderful if like, I don't know, 
HP and IBM and Dell and all of the big hardware companies got together and said, we're going to give you guys the compute infrastructure you need or AWS because they're cloud based, right? right? We're going to give you the compute infrastructure you need for no cost. And we're going to find you volunteers who have the time and let's just get this database built and let's get it up and running and throw some of this entrepreneurial talent and spirit that's out there against the problem to get it solved without worrying about whether or not there's a paycheck attached. You know, for what it's worth, someone like me who's been sitting around for a year because of the pandemic could have helped in in, in an effort like that. But it it was always, it's, it's, I think that we, we keep missing opportunities like this and I don't have better answers. And I, and I confess that when it comes to the vaccine, I'm frustrated because I'm sitting at home waiting and I feel like if I had one of those in my arm, there are things I could be out doing yep. without running the same level of risk and concern that I've got to worry about yep. that yep. could make a difference. Um, they could make a so, difference, contribute to the economy, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that we, we did in San Diego did so well responding to the pandemic for the election. I was so impressed, right? Yeah. I, I wrote a blog on Backup Central about what I experienced. I actually worked, I, I was an election worker. And right. I, I, I thought they responded to the pandemic so well and they brought in a lot of te- technology to bear. And mm-hmm. they did that, right? Yeah. They did that yeah. in a matter of months. They, they Between the primary and the election, they did that in a matter of three, four months. Yeah. And they had, they had, same amount of time, if not more amount of time to prepare for this. And they just, I, I think they just dropped the ball, but whatever. But I still, but I'm still hopeful. Oh, so am I. Yeah, but it's a universal. Can't just blame San Diego. LA is not any better. Um, the state's Well, that's the only better. place I live. I'm just, <laughs> just, you know, I'm just saying I live there. So that's, you know, I don't care how your vaccines work. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh, end of next week because the next category opens up on March 15th and I fall into the next category. So I'll let you know. How that gotcha. Um, Is it incredibly amusing people? Is that the category? Yeah, typically uh, with diabetes. <laughs> gotcha. With diabetes, the diabetes part, um, actually, for the one time in my life, the diabetes part uh, works slightly in my favor. So anyhow, Curtis. Thank you for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was fun. 